So big welcome to everyone to New Church Live. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair. Great to have you here today. And, and today we're looking at this new series, and it's about reclaiming us. You know, I think it's been quite a year, <laughs> for better, for worse, the whole thing. And, and how do we sort of start to create community again? I mean, that's, that's such an urgent task. How do we reclaim, how do we recreate community yet again? And that's what this whole series is going to be trying to do. So thank you for joining us. Great to have you here. A couple of quick things we have going on in terms of community. One is I want to invite you as well, watching online, if you'd like to see and be part of a community that meets every Sunday right after church online, you're more than welcome to. It's Coffee and Donuts. It's hosted by some wonderful folks out in Michigan. And then tonight, for couples, what we have is we have a couples group called Sharing the Journey. Again, we meet just once a month. We, we get together. We talk about different things. I mean, last time we were talking about the balance between work and relationship, trying to do that when you're both quarantined at home. So you're more than welcome to join that as well. If you'd like the Zoom link to that, my email's right under there. Just take a screenshot. Shoot me a note this afternoon, I'll send you the link. And with that, here's Angela with a few other things we have going on. Good morning. Thank you all for joining us. We're so happy to have you here today. I'm Angela Cooper, and I work here at New Church Live, connecting people to the New Church Live community and all the things going on, serving the community and plugging people in. So if you ever have any questions, um, you can reach out to me, uh, put your information in the chat window, and I'm happy to answer questions, plug you in, and let you know what's going on. The main thing I want to say today is I just want to say a big thank you to this congregation. Last week and for the weeks leading up to Easter. We were doing um, some things differently this year, but kind of exciting with flowers. Usually, as I said, we bring flowers here on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, and then we donate them to a local community organization or plant them. And we had local flowers delivered um, to anybody that people wanted um, just to spread some Easter cheer and let people know we were thinking of them as we kind of have been in this year of the pandemic and people have been isolated. Um, so those flowers were delivered this week. We also collected um, donations, monetary donations to have flowers delivered to a women's homeless shelter out in um, Michigan, thanks to Craig and Sarah McArdle. Um, they helped us find this organization and connect with them. And actually Pastor Chuck last week interviewed one of their employees to help understand kind of where the flowers were going and the impact they made Made, and that's on our homepage on our website. So if you want to hear more about that impact and how you all made a difference in those women's lives, um, you can go to our website and you can uh, listen to that interview. Um, it was just really great and they were very touched by all of your generosity and thinking of them. So thank you all for participating in that very um, important way. Um, and then the last thing I want to mention is we're actually coming up at the end of our fiscal year. You'll start to hear me talk about that. It ends in June. Um, and so if you want to support New Church Live and all of the things that are going on here and the serving of the community and you know the Sunday service, um, all, all of our online streaming tools and ways of connecting, we're working on our website as well. There's lots going on behind the scenes. So if you want to support New Church Live, we rely on your donations. And all you have to do is text the word New Church Live, all one word, 
forward, all lowercase, to 77977, and you can make a donation that way. You can set up a reoccurring donation, and it really makes a huge difference in how we're able to function, and it just supports everything happening here. So we hope you'll consider making a donation by the end of June. Um, and you'll hear more about that um, in the coming weeks. And that's it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Pastor Chuck will be out, and we just are so appreciative. So as the musicians come on up again, I do want to really, really warmly welcome you to New Church Live. And it's going to be fun taking a look at community and, and, and how is it that we create it. One of my favorite quotes is Dorothy Day. And Dorothy Day said this. She said, we've all known the long loneliness. And we've known there's only one solution, and that's community. And that's what we're going to look at building. So thank you for joining us. Enjoy the music. When we come back out, we're going to talk about how reclaiming community can actually work. Welcome to New Church Live. Uh, you know, and that, and that song, right? Like, how do we move beyond worry? How do we move beyond concern? And it, it, was, it was interesting over these past few weeks uh, doing small groups. We got a lot of small groups at New Church Live that happen. And, and, and hearing somebody and then hearing another person, hearing another person talk about like, well, we're about to be freed. We know that that's coming. And I need to say, I'm really nervous. I'm really anxious. This one author put it this way, which I love. I don't know about you, but I found the latest stage of the pandemic hard in its own distinct way. The cumulative effect of a re year of repetition, isolation, and stress has induced a laziness, a settling into the familiar with feelings of vulnerability. The shock of a year ago has been replaced by a sluggish just getting to the end. And I think that's true. I just hear people wrestle with, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're going into a new time and, and how do we figure out new forms of community and, and what will it look like? So much of our lives have migrated online and, and what does it look like to be connected there? And what does it look like to be connected there? And what does it look like to be connected there? And that can create a lot of worry and create a lot of concern. I'm blessed with a wonderful son and him and I were chatting about this. And, and what we were talking about was, well, if you were to have a dashboard that showed it, what would the dashboard look like? And this was the dashboard, fear and hope. And I was thinking, right, it's, it's so easy to break it into a binary. Well, you're either fearful or you're hopeful. And yet, I, I really think a lot of us, hopefully I'm simply not speaking uh, you know, for, for everybody, but, but I imagine a lot of us, we're going into this with, with both things true. A lot of fear and a lot of hope. A lot of fear and a lot of hope. In the last night, uh, you know, had a wedding last night, did the wedding, and, and even like as I'm going up to the reception, there's this little bit of like the 10-year-old boy who gets to play with his friends again. You know, there's a little bit of that excitement and fear showing up at the exact same time. And how is it that, that we hold a both and, a both and? I, I think one of the things that's, that's easy is, it's, is it's, it's, it's easy to think that there is a way we're going to argue with each other enough to come to a final solution where all fear is gone. I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think we have to take a look at what these fears are. We have to express them, say them. Some legitimate, some not, obviously. But we have to let hope have the final word. 
We have to let hope have the final word. And that's what we're going to be talking about at the end of this service. You know, how do we develop a discipline of hope in times like these? So with that, I, I do just want to take a minute and surface these fears. And, and what you can do is take a look at this question with a timer on it. What are your fears in reentering social situations? You know, as things start to open up, what do you find yourself worried, concerned about? And what you can do is you can text me in your answer at 215-740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. Or just throw an answer right in the chat and the moderators will, will comment on it. So, so either put it in the chat or shoot me a text. What is it right now that's just making you feel like, yeah, oh, a little, little anxious about things? And, and where is fear showing up for you right now? So please take 60 seconds and do that. All right, folks, thank you for sharing. I'm going to take a look at that in the, in the middle song. And, and it's those, those fears, again, some will be legitimate, some won't be, and some are just plain fear, just, just plain fear. And how is it that we, that we dig underneath that? Because I think, and this is where it's a little tricky to get the right language around it, is, is we have to understand that, that it's easy to feel like others in times like this are strangers or we feel estranged. I like this, this concept, right? This slide, the stranger is not just the person we don't know, it's the feeling we have towards ourselves and others as we try to hold both these fears and these hopes. So, so that idea of that we can feel estranged at times like this, and, and, and that idea of, of, of that, that stranger lives in us, like it's, it's a deep thing. And how is it that we can start to move outward into ways that may start to bring about change and help us to reclaim us. And help us to reclaim us because there's so much estrangement right now in so many ways. That idea, folks, that, that, that when we come from a, from a deeply fearful place, one of the things we need to look at is, is, is what's, what's the deepest of fears underneath that? What, when you pull it down, what's underneath it? And, and, and it comes down to this idea that so much of, of our view of other people, like it's, it's something that's created in our heads. And I think especially at times like this, it's, it's a really challenging time because 
So much of the human interaction, again, like I'm not gonna have great words for this. This is more of like talking musically. So much of the human interaction is this subtle part of, of, of this dance of getting to know each other better and better. And we haven't had as much of that dance over the past year. The, the, the subtlety, the subtle give and take. We've had lots of proclaiming of opinions, <laughs> but, but we haven't had that subtle give and take that, is, that is, is the very lubricant of human relationship. And when we, when we don't have that, folks, and here, here I'm using some, some new church theology here, we can get to a point where the pleasure of insanity seems like the delight of wisdom. In other words, like, we can get so crazy, and, and the craziness can actually feel good. This pleasure of insanity can feel like wisdom, it, where we can just take arguments too far, we can just get too upset, we can get too riled. That's, that's what that's talking about there, that, that pleasure of insanity. You know, and, and then we have to look and be candid, right? Like, like if we're indulging, if we have these self-indulgent fantasies, right? Where can that lead? We can lead some crazy places. I mean, I remember years ago, years ago, talking to a friend, and they said, you know, one of the hardest things to realize is other people are thinking a lot, spending a lot less time thinking about you than you think they are. You know, I think for a lot of us, we struggle believing, oh, everybody's just thinking about me, or da-da-da, and the fact is, <laughs> we're, just, we're all just trying to do our lives and we need to be super careful, super careful about remembering to take a breath, recenter ourselves, not in fear, but in hope. Not in fear, but in hope. Because folks, that, that idea of, of the mindset where we, can, where we can really try to, we can take too far our picture and our judgments of other people, and again, we're not in a situation where there's that subtle, just, just graceful back and forth dance. And we're gonna have to learn that dance again. And if we don't, we're gonna struggle. If we don't, we're gonna struggle. And that struggle can go kind of crazy places. Like I was thinking, okay, what would be an example here of, of something where a self-indulgent fantasy, a, something where we just, a pleasure of insanity, where we just take an idea and we get it so cooked up that we do something crazy. So I wanna, I wanna share with you one. This is obviously way pre-COVID. I have a, a friend who actually renovates books, or rebinds books, and, and they, a lot of what they do is they rebind family Bibles. And she sent me a picture of this one, which is a great one. So, so what happened is there was a divorce in the family and somebody went through with an X-Acto knife to take this person out of the family Bible. Now, that's crazy. That's crazy. And, and obviously the juxtaposition that you're taking somebody's name out of the Bible, like. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. But that's where we can get when we get too cooked up about stuff, when we get too worried. And, and if we're gonna create community, folks, this is so important. If we're gonna create community, if we're gonna reclaim us, 
We have to do everything we can to go to the third way. That it's not going to be in these binaries. It's not going to be in these arguments. It's not going to be deciding this side's right and this side's wrong or vice versa. It's not going to be about finally convincing everyone to see the world the way you do. It's going to be a third way that's outside of that. It's going to be a third way that's outside of that. And that third way has, has space for dialogue. That third way has space for debate. And that third way, most importantly, has space for love and the hope that it engenders. As the musicians come out for the second song, I want you to think, yeah, what, what are some hints you're getting as the way that might look? This is not about a power struggle over here. This is about finding a third way, a faith expressed in love, a softness, a gentleness, a generosity, a place for the better angels of our nature, a place where we can truly come to live in that third way. Emily, it's beautiful, thank you. So that, that kindness of strangers, and we're kind of moving towards where we're gonna talk about the idea of the strength of weak ties and, and that music, like that, that kindness of strangers, that becomes like that, that music that's over here that helps that third way to work. It's not about power, it's not about right, it's, it's this thing that is almost, at least I struggle with finding words for it. And yet, I really do believe that, that that's kind of where we need to go. Because the alternative is just not great. And, the opportunity is immense. Because it's, it's incredible. When, when, when you go to that third way, when, when you kind of can, can, can communicate over here and, and the musicality of it, the true connection, beautiful things happen. Beautiful things get communicated. I mean, that's one of the things I find so endlessly fascinating about this congregation is we put a question up and you folks respond and, and the responses are beautiful. You know, here's, here's, here's just, I can only do a handful of them, but here's, here's a handful. As an introvert, talking about fears from that first question, I've actually, as an introvert, I've actually been able to reconnect with friends through COVID as they have been reduced in activity. I'm afraid that when the world bursts forth, I will be left behind as friends return to their activities and I remain a homebody. A family sent one in. First was understanding the boundaries of physical contact, what's okay? Another, another one said, spreading illnesses to vulnerable loved ones. A third response, understanding what really is safe, how will we know? And the last one, don't get me wrong, I've missed open connection, but I am concerned about additional demands on my time. I've spent so long with physical boundaries, how do I know my emotional boundaries are still intact? That I will have expectations of I will belong and find that exclusion continues. Fear of the unknown with virus mutations, vaccinations, effectiveness, length of protection. This one says it all, that fear overrides the joy of the moment. Mm, beautiful. Another person said, I've gotten 
used to the quiet, it's hard to adjust back to the boundaries of life. Another person, that the collective will, we will want normal back so badly we don't take the time to do this right. That when I see people again, we will have different beliefs and ideas about the world, and now those will equate with conflict. I totally agree with that one. Overwhelm people. People being overwhelmed will put in terms of hope, I hope we can just be at ease with each other. We'll have different comfort levels. Perhaps not delivering on the things God has whispered in my ear. Fear and hope, how do I balance the fact that some are not afraid and some are? And my daughter, hey dad, will you be around tomorrow? So folks, you know, like, like that's real. Like that's community. Those are our fears. And when we can share those legitimately, and when we can find the music in that, we can find the softness in that, that's where we'll start to reclaim us. And it's not gonna come through argument. It's not gonna come through debate. It's not gonna come through which side are you on. That is a hard lesson. It's one I struggle with all the time. And yet it's one so clear where God is asking us to find that kindness in strangers, that kindness of strangers, to understand it, to bring that together and start to reclaim community there. Now what we're gonna do is, is just kind of fun today, like is reclaiming community, you know, we get readers from all over. And today we actually have two readings. The first one will be from somebody from Ireland, and the second one will be somebody from Australia. So this first reading is from Genesis 18. It's offered by Molly. So take a listen to what Molly has to read for us from Genesis 18. Hi, I'm Molly Youngie, and I'm coming to you from the south of Ireland today. Today's reading is from Genesis 18. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, I have found favor if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed, and then go on your way. And that, and that line, there's, there's, there's some real wisdom in that and about how God works and I want you to notice here the parts that I've highlighted. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great cheese of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. Now, now just even there, like, I mean, it's such an obvious tie that we're gonna see God in the stranger. Again, Jesus does a big part of that, Matthew 25, that's coming up next week. But, but the, we're to see God in the stranger. The Lord appeared, here's three people. 
clear connection between those two. And that idea of finding God in the stranger, the kindness of stranger, seeing good in the stranger, one of the more powerful life-changing pieces of new church thought is this idea that the good in me is to look at the good in you and that I'm to serve that good. That I'm to serve that good. And I love that concept because that means I have to know you well enough to know the very good that's within you and with every single one of you, you have it. Every single person in your life, including the ones who drive you crazy, they have it. Can you continue to reach through to find that goodness? And not just to find it and go like, oh, that's great, you're really good at blah, 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 or you have this that's really good, but to literally think, okay, how can I serve that in them? That's good parenting. And that's good community building. That's reclaiming us. That's reclaiming us. Now, this idea in the Jewish tradition got deeply codified. Again, like one God seeing as three strangers, and I kind of think of three hikers. And, and this became codified. In other words, it became the law. This is from Leviticus 19.34. When a foreigner lives with you in your land... Don't take advantage of them. Treat the foreigner the same as a native. Love them like one of your own. Remember, you were once foreigners in Egypt. I am God, you're God. So this idea gets codified. We're to find God in the stranger. We're to reach for that goodness. Through that, we find that hope. And then it goes on to become this beautiful legacy. And this is one, folks, I'd highly recommend you get a screenshot of. This is refrigerator magnet worthy. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Or angels unawares is sometimes translated that way. I, I, I love that idea, folks, right? And, and you think about how different that is. I mean, how many situations do we step into and we've got our construct, again, our, our construct of this person, and, and we step into the conversation because we're trying to move or prove. In reality, I think God is asking us to step back from that and to instead learn to discover each other in new ways, just just, just these, this idea of like, like, like finding God in the stranger. It's, it, it's so incredibly important. And again, I, I want to keep on coming back to, this is the opportunity we have. And these feelings of fear and hope, that's where the fork in the road is. And I don't mean to say it's a fork in the road of like, well, either we're going to choose fear or we're going to choose hope. I, I would love, I would love as a pastor to say, you know what? Come to church, I'll be able to get rid of all of your fears and all of mine. What are the chances of that? <laughs> Zero. I think our whole life is lived with a lot of fear and a lot of hope at the same time. 
So the fork of the road is not an either or. The fork in the road is maybe the decision we make to go forward knowing both are true. To go forward knowing both are true. It was interesting, again, just, just you know, feeling like this was, this was the first kind of bigger wedding I, I've, I've done in a while. And, and you know, walking up to the, to the reception venue, and I'm about to go in, and, and I always get this wave over me that goes back to being 14 years old, junior high school, going into the cafeteria, wondering who I'm going to sit with. And I'm the pastor. Like, people know me. But there's still that fear. And, and, and it's not about saying like that fear will be eliminated. I don't know that that fear will ever be eliminated, at least for me personally. But I have learned to take the fork in the road of deciding to walk forward with that fear in the spirit of hope. Because with, with fear, folks, fear, if, if, we, if, we, if we allow fear to sort of rue the day, and it doesn't mean we don't, we don't, we don't acknowledge it. We do acknowledge it, right? But if we allow it to become our modus operandi, so to speak, I've never seen somebody successfully take the path of fear to find connection with God or other people, at least healthy connection. Just, I can't picture that. I mean, we can, we can maybe, I don't know, maybe at a very superficial level find a connection there, but, but, but it's about stepping forward with, with those fears and finding connection there. You know, the idea that, that, that hope is what helps us to reclaim the us, not disclaim others. And so, so what can we learn there? Well, well there's this, this hope. And a phrase I'd love to share with you, and it's, it's sort of our, our, our task, you know, the thing I'd ask you to think about. It's a phrase from Richard Beck. He talks about what we need to recover is what he calls the strength of weak ties. I love that line, the strength of weak ties. Now, what does the strength of weak ties mean? Well, I think what he's meaning there is that there's, there's again, like there's this music, there's this, there's this very... Um, sort of subtle way of interacting with each other, kind of the mortar between the bricks or, the, or, the, or, the, or the, the oil in the engine, so to speak, the social lubricant. And, and that is so much of that is based on weak ties. Weak ties, when you get coffee, saying hello. Weak ties, calling someone by their name. Weak ties of just, of just being able to simply listen to people. It's easy to think of the strong ties, and I think of family here, you know, family, these deep core connections, and those are super critical. Like, I would never say they're not. And I would add this. Much of reclaiming us will be reclaiming the strength of weak ties. That's how we discover the good in the neighbor. That's how we discover how to serve. That's how I think we even start to discover hope. Because as I was thinking about fear and hope, fear for me always has this feeling of kind of like, for me, it, it closes me in. It tends to have a lot of thought with it. Fear tends to have a lot of agenda with it. 
a lot of magical thinking that if circumstances change, that all of a sudden the fears would be gone. And I think fear is fear. It'll just pick something else for the day. <laughs> but then hope. Hope's much more wide open. I know when I step into a relationship, when I step into a connection with someone and I step in there and I step into it from a place of hope, it's wide open. I really am able to listen in a different way. And I think community then gets built in a very different way. Now for our last video here, I am a big Kate Bowler fan. Highly recommend you listen to her podcast. She is wonderful. She's very funny. Her book, if you want to read it, her most famous book is uh, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. And she's that kind of funny. And she had a beautiful blog post where she talks about there is a hunger in us, isn't there? And I asked Deborah, who's watching us from Australia today, asked her to do this reading. So take a, look, take a listen to this and start to hear the hope that's underneath it. Now it's over, I'm going to come back and offer a few concluding remarks. Take a listen. I'm Deborah Thompson. I live in Roseville, Sydney, Australia. There's a hunger in us, isn't there? To belong, to feel ourselves slip into the grooves of the communities and places we love. And sometimes we get the permission we're looking for, and sometimes we don't. So here's a blessing for when your body doesn't quite belong and when you need a moment to let that reality breathe a little. Blessed are you, dear one, who have been told you are too big, too loud, too brown, too weird, too old, too much. You belong here. Blessed are you. You navigate your workplace while juggling parenting and pregnancy, aging and technological hurdles that leave you always playing catch up. Blessed are you who have hidden your symptoms or been quiet about your pain, whose gender or race or disability has taught you institutional gymnastics. Blessed are you who make space for others, who notice the hurts, said and unsaid, and you who make institutions bigger, more generous, and set longer tables for everyone to be seated. Belonging is strange and long work, work that is disciplined by hope. So may we learn how to see hope in our own bodies, in our own longings, and formation, and places where we seek shelter. There will always be the loneliness of living itself, of trying and surviving, and living inside our own skin. So may we not despise our desire to see and be seen, and for the hope that our hungers will lead us back to each other, at last. Such a, such a powerful, you know, powerful post. And I, I love the idea, like, belonging is strange and long work. I love that line. Like, it is. It is. It's, it's so hard to feel that sense of belonging. 
And that's not just community. That's just, that's within us too, like belonging in our own skin. Folks, and with all that, we can have the discipline of hope. I love that she talks about the discipline of hope, that, that discipline of hope that we can reclaim us. That we really can. And it's going to take work and awkwardness, and it's going to mean we're going to move forward with our fears, not in spite, not, not being able to just jettison them, but we're going to be able to move forward with them. And it's going to take work. But I want to remind you of something. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. That hope that's just embedded deeply within that, like, like that's the community we can create. And, and here's the amazing part of it, folks, is is it's not something I think that we want to wait for and sort of like we're going to observe the performance of it and then like, oh, there it is. It's, 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 it's this invitation we have as a church, as, as, as synagogues, mosques, all kinds of groups have. It's an invitation we share to move in that world that we want to create, a world of reclaiming us, a world of belonging. A world of belonging. So that's the hope, folks. Next week, we're going we're gonna to keep on going with this and, and, and we're going to just really try to work at this because, because we're moving towards like this, this reopening and what will that be and, and what can it be? And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Life is good. God is with us. And we're going to move forward together. Amen. What I'm going to do now is now I'm going to offer a prayer. After I offer the prayer, you'll have a moment for quiet reflection, and then we'll have our final song. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Lord, help us to reclaim us. Help us to reclaim the better angels of our nature. Help us to reclaim connection, and community. Help us to reclaim, Lord, these deeper rhythms of meaning and hope, the discipline of hope, that will move things forward in your name. Thank you for being with us, Lord. Continue to stir these thoughts, these ideas, these hopes in our heart. Your prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.